Uh, if you turn over to Mark, pastor has asked me if we can kind of conclude our message series today. We've been, we've been talking about, since the first of the year, we've been talking about reaching forward. And I think so many believers have a tendency of constantly looking back. We refer to 15, 20 years of the good old days, and, and yeah, but you know, the good old days are in front of us. If, you, if our days are behind us and that's the blessing and that's the, the crux of our walk with God, I want to tell you something. You're not pushing enough to seek God and seek after God because he has got something for us each and every day. He wants us to push our life forward. He wants us to push our relationship forward. So today, we're going to be, as we conclude it, we're going to be talking about receiving an inheritance, the inheritance that God has given each one of us. And we're going to pick up with that in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And this is Jesus as he's here with the disciples. And he's instructing the disciples on the issue of praying in faith. How many of you know praying in faith is a good thing? You know, if you go into prayer and you're like, well, I'm not going to get it. Nah, God's not going to open up the doors for me. And so if we're going to pray we need to really believe and if we're going to believe we really need to have the faith that we can push our prayers before the lord we need to remind ourselves like that the woman the, the persistent woman that kept knocking at the judge's door that's what god wants for us and so he starts here in verse 22 of chapter of mark chapter 4 excuse me mark chapter yeah 11 <laughs> sorry about that And he says the first thing out of his mouth, he says, have faith in God. Now, I know too many Christians, for some reason, they come to Jesus and and God washes them of their sins. God forgives them of their sins. And yet they do not have the faith to believe that God can touch them and heal them. God can bless them, that God can pour out their spirit. But we trust him to forgive us of our sins. And, it, and it, it really boggles my mind because to me, the forgiveness of sins is so much more than just other things that we go in prayer for. And he says, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, will be done. He will have whatever he says. He goes on in verse 24, says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, I'm not talking about the old faith movement back in the 80s and 90s where people thought they could name it and claim it. I want a Cadillac God and you're gonna give that to me. That's not what God is saying here. Yes, I do believe God pours out his blessings on. Yes, I do God believe God touches us financially, and I have been a, a receiver of that through my life. But I believe that, that God is poor, answers our prayers in conjunction with the mission that he sent us here. And that is to go into all the world and, and be able to preach the gospel and to, to, have, to be able to have to develop disciples. And that's the crux of our, of our having faith. Everything else we pray over, we must have the faith to believe. Yes. Then why do we go with him in prayer? And so the theme of, my, of the message here today is when you pray, believe that you receive. Yes. 
How many times have you gone into prayer or had someone pray over you? But, and I'm just not feeling it. I've just done, it's just not it. I want to tell you something. God answering prayer is not a feeling. It is it, God answering my prayer is me touching the heart of God, me knocking on the door and reminding him each and every day. Lord, you have promised me this. You have told me this in our prayer time. You have given me this and I'm holding on to it and I'm reminding you over and over and over. See, I think the biggest problem in, in, in that we have as Christians is that we allow the things of the world to come into our minds and it really destroys our faith. It really destroys our believing of what Jesus can do. Because we've, we've been scorned by the world, we've been hurt, we've been left out there on the side, and you know what, God just doesn't care about me, and we feel that way sometimes. And I wanna tell you something, it's a lie of the enemy. Amen. It is a lie of the enemy. And he is out there, the word tells us that the enemy is out there to kill, steal, and destroy. He is trying to do what he can to destroy and kill our faith. And God is telling us today is whenever, when you pray, believe, believe that you will receive it. I want to look at a couple passages here. And this is Paul, and he is kind of one of my heroes of the faith. But in the crux of what Paul is talking about, says, see, we cannot walk in flesh and get the results of the Spirit. What I'm talking about, when we walk in flesh, we cannot walk in the things of the world. We cannot do the things that the world is doing. Let's just be honest. Because he has called us out of the darkness. He has called us into the light. And if we come to know Jesus as our personal savior, yet we do not, we still live according to the things of the world, then we really have not accepted what God can do in our life. And we really tie his hands, I believe. Because it, some of this is on us and the way that we perceive ourselves. God wants us as we come to him, he re wants to renew our mind. He says we cannot walk in the flesh and get the results of the spirit. The results of the spirit is the power of the Holy Spirit that God has released upon us. What we felt this morning in, in, the, in his presence here was his Holy Spirit. As he ascended into heaven, he looked at the disciples and said, I send a gift to you. This gift is gonna help you do greater things than I did. And I give it to you. And what we saw is we saw those 120 that have been in the upper room. We saw those individuals that had been with Jesus. And what they did over these next few years was amazing, but it wasn't on what they had done alone. It was whether the power of the Holy Spirit. So when they prayed, they had power. When they had something, a demoniac come in the midst of their services, they cast him out in the name of Jesus because it wasn't through them. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit that was rested inside of them. And that sometimes we think that just because we can hang with the world, that we can hang with our, with, our, with our church family, or we can hang with God, and there's two counter cultures there. The world is out to do things of the world. It is about selfishness, and it's about what I can get for myself. Things of God are different. Listen to what Paul says here in Romans 8. It says, for those of you who live according to the flesh, set their minds, he's talking to Christians here. 
those who set, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Those are, those are the things that we have to set our mind on. Paul makes this distinction between walking and living according to the impulses of the flesh. How many times have we allowed our friends or, or those around us to kind of drag us into something that later we did not want to do and got us into trouble? Okay, I'm there with you. Okay? But those are the impulses of the flesh. We're kind of caught up in the moment. And what, what he's telling us here is that well, there's a dividing line that we, may, that we have to live with. And when we walk by the Spirit, we allow the Spirit to lead us. And I've been in situations where I didn't think that anything I was doing was wrong, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit come upon me. And I wasn't in wrong. I was in the wrong place. And the Spirit of God pressed upon me, and we got out of there. Why? It's because there was something that God wanted me to know that that was what he wanted me. Yes, I can walk anywhere and I can do anything, but sometimes it's just not profitable. And, that you, and the Spirit of God will let us know that if we allow him to. He wants us to know and he wants us to be sensitive to the promptings and the leadings of the Holy Spirit. So as I said, the, the flesh leads us to a carnal, self-centered life. And in, in that chapter, uh, verse, uh, excuse me, chapter five of verse eight, he tells us that, is that there's two contracting worlds there. You have the, those of the flesh and those of the spirit. And he wants us to learn to be able to put our priorities right. And I really believe as Christians, we can still live in the carnal. We can still live self-centered lives. It's about what I want and we're feeding the flesh. It's those things that maybe I've grown accustomed to and I'm not ready to give up yet. I'm not ready to deal with it yet. God, you just have to sit on the back burner. And it's those situations that I really believe that hurt us in our believing that God can answer our prayers. Because we're not willing to put him first in our life, but yet we want all the benefits that come with it. And we don't, want to, we don't want to sit there and walk out the path he has given us. We want to walk out our own path. And what I've realized in life, when I surrender everything to God, I walk out my own path. But I have a father in heaven who leads me. And when I start to go to one way or to the other, God helps me put my center back on and leads me down the direction he wants me to go. He wants us to to be able to, to walk according to what he walks to. See, I think that some of us sow into the flesh and where God wants us to do is sow into the, into the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, right. See, I think sometimes we, we want to sow into the things that we've enjoyed or maybe the things of our youth that we kind of want to constantly talk about, but there are times we've got to sow into the, the Holy Spirit in his presence here this morning by getting into his word and allow the word to begin to renew our mind and begin to touch our mind. So I want to talk to you just a few minutes about a couple things here and, and point out a, a life in Abraham uh, and what Abraham did when kind of confronted with this thinking. So the question is I have for you, what is needed for us to pray that way? We must understand that walking in these principles is so much more of a heart issue than a mechanical issue. 
See, it's about a condition of our heart. So when we stop and say, God, I've gone as far as I want you to take me. I don't feel comfortable going there. It's an issue of our heart. It's about, you know, people always talk about their church. They always want my money. No, that's not the case. When, we, when you give of tithes and offerings, it's an issue of the heart. You view yourself as the caretaker for what God has given you. And things that God has blessed us with, we're caretakers of. They're not our possessions. He's, in, he's given them to us to use. Well, those are the things that he has blessed us with. But we understand that we have to keep our heart pure before him. And this is what I kind of think and look back at what we can do to be able to pray that way. First, we've got to learn as Christians to walk wisely. And so I think there's just a few items here, but the question I've got, or the item I want to point out is what you think about. How many of you go through the day and there's certain things on your life, man, I, I, on your mind, I can't wait to get out of here tonight. Man, we are going to have a good time tonight. We're going out or we're going out with some friends and you just kind of lead yourself down or maybe you're, you're just in one of those low places and dark places and it just constantly, you know, there's a battle. Well, he tells us in Proverbs 4, it says here, above all else, verse 23, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. We have to constantly go before the Lord. Search me, Lord. Touch me. We make that choice, the things that we do. Have you ever been in a, in, in a discussion with someone and it gets a little heated and you say something and it's just on the tip of your tongue coming out but you can't reach back and pull it back in? Okay, been there, done that. I think guarding our heart lets us tame the tongue. Because if it's in our heart, it, it might come out. But if we start to, to give our heart over to the Lord and allow him to recondition our heart, allow him to renew our heart, then we can begin to do things what he's called us. Listen what, he, what Paul says in Philippians here. In verse four of, cha, excuse me, chapter four, verse eight. It says, think about things that are pure, true, noble, right, pure, and lovely admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. How many of you go through your day thinking about those type of things? Or do we go through the day thinking about, man, I've got this bill due, I don't have money at the end of the month, and those, those needs do, they take priority sometimes. Do we stop and we think on those things that are pure? Do we stop and praise God? This morning, the outpouring of his spirit and the service was mighty. Why? It's because we surrendered ourselves into his presence. And if the only time we are doing that in our lives is just on Sundays, we, we will never get to where God wants us to go. But it has to be a continuous thing daily, how we want to do that. So to walk wisely, we also say, but what you say, what comes out of our mouth? Verse 24 says, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Amen. See, I think so many times we, we, we backstab people, we talk, we share things that we probably shouldn't share, or we get into conversations on things that are just maybe a little bit too much one way or the other, and all that goes into our heart. All of that digs in. Well, pastor, it, it didn't mean it that way, and I was just joking. I've been there, but also realized how those conversations 
can change my thinking and how those conversations can affect my heart. Your words are powerful. The way that you proclaim things and the way you speak, we speak life out. You want to understand how important our words are? What does Genesis say? That God spoke into existence. He spoke into existence, man. He spoke into the existence, the things of life. Out of our mouth comes cursings and blessings. And if we're not careful, we curse more people and things than we bless them. But again, because we're, we walk at times in that carnal side. Verse tw- and things that we also look at, too, are important. Verse 25 says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Think about the things of today. When I was a kid, we had, you know, we had three, <laughs> three television stations, okay, that we could watch. Amen. Okay, we had to have these rabbit ears and tinfoil on them, and we'd, we'd stand in cockeyed moments with those, those rabbit ears to be able to pick up one of those three. Today, we have thousands of all these stations, and you could pick it up on your phone, and social media, all that stuff. Look at it, and there are times it, it is there to drive the conversation. It is there to drive your emotions. It is there to, I think, at times to de- deflect where, you, where God wants you to go and deflect on other things. Amen. I'm not saying that it's evil, but I'm saying there's evil people trying to influence that direction. And as believers, we need to take what, what the enemy is trying to do and turn it back. So when they curse us, we can be the light that people can see. Amen. When people begin to speak evil of someone, instead of falling into it and getting part of it, we can kind of correct and change that motion. Right. Keep your eyes. Why does he tell us to keep our eyes straight? Because there's things trying to grab our attention to every side. And we, when we begin to see those, we, we take our eyes off of what God wants and we put our eyes on one of the things the enemy goes. To walk li- wisely, we got to look at where we go. Amen. Verse 26 says, give careful thought to, to your paths. For your feet and, are, are, and be steadfast in your ways. Give careful thought to your paths for your feet and be steadfast in your ways. Be steadfast in where we're going, where God is leading us. It says, do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Keep your foot from evil. I think it's a dividing line that we have to make decisions on what we want to do and how we want our life to, to come out. And those are the things that we battle each day. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews quotes this verse. He urges us to run with perseverance the race marked out for you with your eyes fixed on Jesus. Now, I'm not saying we have to walk around with our heads in the cloud no, I, I like what my dad taught us as kids. We have to have one foot firmly planted in the world and one foot firmly planted in the word. And is it by having it planted in the word of God, it allows us to go and walk through and continue to see Jesus and make the decision, this is what I want and that's not where I want to go and how we continue to do that. Proverbs 4.23 says, tell us that everything in life flows out of the condition of our heart. The innermost part of that includes our will. Let me give you, let me let you understand something. When we pray, Jray, Jesus said when we pray, we pray thy will be done. 
God answers our prayer. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's not, not now. But yet we know better than God, right? It's now. Man, I thank God. I look back on some of the mistakes I've made in my life, and God was constantly saying no. Not now. It wasn't now. It was no. And yet I stepped in. There are times he was saying not now, and he wanted me to be patient. Some of that patience is allowing it to work out in us so we can become the men and women. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Wellspring of life, what we get out of our life, it bubbles up and out. So what is needed for us to have this faith and to be able to live this way? I think the, one, the biggest aspect is take God at his word. I, I know of so many Christians and, and it, that don't believe this is the word of God. And there's so many, you know, they sit there and they begin to debate, well, it was written by men. Yes, it was written by men who were endowed by the power of the Holy Spirit that allowed themselves to write what God wanted them to write. And how can you get all these writers together and they have one main theme that doesn't conflict itself from Genesis to Revelation, but yet it begins to build. And why is God chose that? He understands that he still speaks to man and he wants us to carry that out. And the word of God, when we go to his word and we make it important in our life, it is a light unto our path. And it renews our mind. I want to tell you something. How many of you got saved and you renewed your mind on your own? No. Why? Because I cannot change myself. God can. I can make choices in my life to, be, to, do, to make better choices, yes, but when it comes to the renewing in my mind, it is about surrender of my life to him. Amen. But we have to take him at his word. 1 John 5 says this, now it is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. So many of us believe that our prayers each day, it might be just the smallest little thing. Yeah, oh, you know, God doesn't want to hear about that. He's got too many big things. And that's a lie from the enemy. It doesn't, God wants to hear our things. How many of you have children and they have something that's not very big to you, but they want to come talk to you? How many of you just say, eh, not now, it's not that big for me. Come back when you're really facing something. Anyone? No, we stop and we make them that important. Why? Because what's important to them is important to me. That's why it's important that we stop and we, we cast our cares upon him. And we allow him <clears throat> to be able to do through those things in our life. So how do we exercise our faith? Quickly here. It's that we ask. Uh, James 4, 2 says, you have not because you ask not. You know, I talk to so many Christians They'll tell, Pastor, you know, you, can you stop and pray with me? Well, have you prayed about it? Well, no. This is, you know, and I, it's like we're, we're, we're running a race in concrete. You know, we're pouring concrete on our feet, and we're expecting God to come help us, but we have yet to tell him what's really hurting us. But we expect God to know it because he, can, he understands what we're going through, but yet we're not willing to do anything. So the worst is ask. Second thing is, Acknowledge God's promises. 
This word from Genesis to Revelation is a book of promises that God has promised. And what you see in here is all the heroes of the faith God's promised and what he's done and how he's brought them through. Romans 4, 18 says, against all hope, Abraham and hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham and Sarah were close to 100 years old when God said, you will be the father of many nations. Now, if that was you, what's your first reaction gonna be? But if God speaks it over to you, do you think that the one speaking it over you has the power to, amount, to make it come to pass? Do you think that the person speaking to you that if God has the power to make it come to pass? Man, where's our faith? Yes. <laughs> we have to be excited when God speaks to us. Romans 4.19 says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since it was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. What it tells me is Abraham and Sarah knew their limitations, okay? So we're going in the midst of prayer. How many of you know there's obstacles in every one of our prayers that we're facing, correct? Yet it says here, he knew the reality. What is reality? Reality is what we see in the world, okay? So if we see that in the world, that means my body is too old and Sarah's womb is dead, so she can't have a child. But yet to God, he goes beyond reality. He spoke into existence when he spoke over them. Why is that important? Because too many of us use it as an excuse. Well, you know what, I know, I've got wisdom and God expects us to use our wisdom. Yes, he does but it's not the worldly wisdom that we walk by. It is the wisdom of heaven that we walk by. And that again is why it's important to get into the word and to read the word and to understand what the word does. Why is because it, it removes that junk out of my life and lets me know that through Christ, all things are possible. He didn't say that some things are not possible. No, he said all things are possible. Third thing is that we need to assert the promises. We need to pray and we need to remind ourselves of those promises. Romans 4.20 says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God. This is Abraham. But he was strengthened in his faith and gave God the glory. How many of you have been facing obstacles and find it really difficult to give God the glory? But yet God tells you and he's given you a word or maybe he's giving you something in his word tells you you're gonna get through this. And yet, we see his protection each and every day. We see how faithful he has been in our life, but we choose to believe the reality of the world instead of the presence of God walking through me in my life. Abraham saw that and gave God the glory. He began to see things as God began to see them. Why is it important to look straight ahead at Jesus and to fix our gaze upon him? Because every one of our situations go through him. If we look at him, we know that he is there in the front of us to lead us through that. Assert the promises. Fourth thing is act consistent. Verse 21 says, be fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. 
This is why it was credited to Adam, or Abraham, excuse me, as righteousness. Abraham walked it through. You know, Abraham was one that I, I really love. He's a hero of the Bible. But he wasn't perfect. You know, he, when he and Sarah began, God told them to leave and go in and begin to make their journey. And he was going to tell them where to stop. And they would go into these cities and the men would thought how beautiful Sarah was. And yet Abraham would say, well, you know, she's just my sister. She's not my wife. And all these kings and all these rulers would take Sarah. And all of a sudden God would begin to speak and say, no. And yet he kept coming back to Abraham. It wasn't because his faults that held him back. God kept seeing something. There was something different in Abraham. Abraham had to finally see it himself. Abraham had to see it and begin to believe it and walk it out. When Sarah came to him and said, I'm barren and I can't have children, well, why don't you take one of my maidservants and come and at least we'll have an offspring. And then he chose one of her servants and we have Ishmael. Yes, God's hand is on Ishmael. But it was also a curse to Abraham and his seed from that day forward. Why? It's because he walked out of the presence of God and he began to do things on his own. But yet God never forgot him. But God kept walking with him and pouring into him and his faith began to build and he began to see things differently. And a hundred years old, he began to see, I can have a child. I can be father of great nations. All of that, we have to act consistent with our walk and the way we believe things and the way we walk it out. Well, I have the worship team come up. We have to act consistent in our walk. It means if we're gonna believe, we're gonna believe God and we're sold in, sold out to him, that means each and every day we're gonna be sold out to him. Doesn't mean when things are going good, I can praise them and I can remember, man, we're having those moments, we're having those stressful times and we're having those uncomfortable moments that we have to walk through that so many of us have to walk through all the time, but we're having those moments. That mean, doesn't mean I stop and I become a different person. No, it means I press forward seeing that God is still fixated. My eyes are still fixated on him. No matter what the situation, I'll continue to walk through him. And when I say act, I'm not talking about just act like an actor. That's being phony. Yes, we need people around us that we can be real with and do those things. We need to be real. I'm talking about act is because we've had the promises given to us. We know how God wants us to walk out our life. We know how he wants us to carry ourselves. Quickly, there, to me, there are four things, and I'm not trying to throw a bunch of stuff at it, but there are four things I kind of picked up out of this passage with Abraham and what Abraham did in his life that I think that were vital. Abraham didn't allow the, the circumstances to change his faith. How many of us have allowed the circumstances we walk through to change our faith? We get into a bad marriage. We get into a bad business deal. We just, you know, we get into a bad relationship. We get hurt. Does that change our faith? Eyes fixed on him. Abraham didn't allow it believe God has the power to do what he has promised us he can do. Amen. It's by believing. I can't do it on my own. 
through the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, I know that I can believe that God, no matter what I ask, God will answer me. Yes, no, not yet. But it still means he's answering me. It's that conversation we have. Third one is keep praising God and giving him the glory through all the process. Why is that important? I really think that it, it, that challenges us with our spirit. But as we continue to praise God, we continue to lift him up. Let me tell you something. In the midst of praise, God gives me the battle plan he wants me to carry it out. It's when I stop thinking about what I'm gonna do to resolve this issue and begin to praise him that he's gonna give me the power, that God gives me the answer how to walk those things through. And so many times we get alone and we go through these things and we don't get into our, come to our fam, our church family. That's why we talk about it being so important to get into a life group. You've got people around you that can sit there and love on you and help you walk that out. The fourth thing is to act according to your professed belief. Confession of the mouth should be consistent with the promises you are believing. So if you're confessing with your mouth, God's not going to answer my prayers. You're confessing with your mouth. He'll never, he's never going to get me there. I'll never get to that point. I'll never accomplish that. You're speaking to yourself and telling you, you'll never accomplish it. What I hear through Abraham is that all things are possible through God. What I see from him. Romans 10.8 says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith which we proclaim. It's the word that we hide in our heart that we speak out. That's how we can walk out and we can have and we can pray in faith. See, all this is accomplished that we can accomplish it today through the work that Christ did on the cross. All of this through this prayer of, of faith is only accomplished by what Jesus did on the cross that day. All of that is accomplished. Why? In the Old Testament, God met with them differently. In the New Testament, we see in today, he meets with us with his Holy Spirit. And it's through that we can walk things out. Because of the work of the cross, because Jesus died and was re- resurrected on the third day, because when he, when he ascended into heaven, he gave us that Holy Spirit. That's how we walk in the Spirit. It's how we pray that prayer of faith why we do it, that, we, that God continues to remind me. The first Sunday of every month, we, it's a reminder of our time of communion. And I love communion. Why it's so important? Because scripture, it says, and Jesus instructed the disciples to do it in remembrance of me. Do it in remembrance of what he did on the cross. Do it in remembrance of what he went through. Do it in remembrance that God has come to answer your prayers, that God has come to live through you and to give you his spirit. We do it in remembrance that we do not forget what he went through and what he's given us. So we have the wafer, if you take that out. It represents his body. He went before the cross. He endured so much. Why did he endure it? Because he loves you that much. You know, I think that when he was on the cross and he was dying, 
I've had people say, you know, what was going through his mind? And we know what he spoke out. But I think his vision was, Father, I'm doing this. I'm going through this. It was in 2022. There's someone there that's gonna need me and realize that they, that what I went through today, they can overcome what they're going through all those years later. So we take of the bread and take of his body. And if you open the cup, the cup is representative of his blood, blood that was shed. It's without the blood that we wouldn't have life. Blood is, is, is life-giving that Christ gave us of his blood that day. And he shed it that each one of us has that life and that life pours out of us. We do this in remembrance of him on that cross that day. Will you bow your heads with me? If you're here today, and I pray the words of the Holy Spirit through the, his word today that it impacts your life, impacts each one of you. But if you're sitting around this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I don't have that faith of Abraham. I don't have that faith. I, I've allowed the enemy to come in. I've allowed the enemy to, to kind of be deceitful to me. And yet I believe what he keeps telling me that I can't accomplish these things. But you want that to change today. You want to start thinking and believing and acting, allow your life so that way you can receive what God has in store. You can receive that inheritance. And if that is you today, no one looking around, just raise your hand so we can pray over you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I pray this morning. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit over everyone that's in this house today. Holy Spirit, you know where each one of us is at. You know what our faith level is. You know what we believe. Lord, I pray. I, Lord, I ask you to release in them a spirit of, of, of praise and worship, a spirit of faith upon them that they've never had before. That the old thinking has gone away. Father, we're reminded of today the work that you did on the cross. It was through that that you can change. And, you, and the word says you give us a new mind when we come to you. Allow us to receive that new mind today and give us a new mindset, a new heart to think differently, a new mind to be able to walk out through this world. Touch each one of them today. Pour out your spirit upon each one of us today, Lord God. And may we... Learn this prayer of faith. May we learn that you're there, Father, to answer our prayers. And may we receive them and be able to walk out in the abundant life you called us to. That we can touch this world and pour out your spirit and allow us to be able to walk in when your spirit's poured upon us to do the things you called us to do. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, dear Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, I'm going to ask if everyone will stand with me. I want to encourage you today. The altars are open. 
If you need to spend a few moments in, in prayer, please come down. One of the pastors will be down here and we'll join with you. But I encourage you to get into the word this week. Begin to begin to, to believe and allow that word to begin to touch your heart. Now, we're, as we, we sing the song with the worship team, let's raise our hands in victory to him. Let's raise our hands and give God the praise today so that way we can go and march out of here believing. Amen.